0: Uncanny that just a couple of days ago, my girlfriend, who turns 40 this year, said to me, let's have an adventure, let's go to San Francisco. And I'm now talking to the man who brought that city to life, For many of us who have not visited it yet, in his series of novels, Tales of the City, which became a TV adaptation in the early 90s, which was when I was introduced to it, when I first arrived in London to reinvent myself, just as many of the characters at Barbary Lane had done. And I've now been reading the final novel in the series, The Days of Anna Madrigal, which is out now. Uh, so firstly, hi, Armistad Morpin. It's wonderful to meet hi, you. Hi, nice to meet you. So many people do seem to have a personal connection to your book. I, that's
1: statement. the nice part about it. I, I feel I know them and they feel that they know me. Yes,
0: yes. We, I'm sure we don't really, but... Well, <laughs> yes, I'm a
1: very evil person with the heart.
0: <laughs> um, well, this is, you heard it here. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a bit about the character of Anna because, of course, you, you've talked about all the characters, of course, being drawn from facets of your own soul. Mm. Um, you talk about her sort of being particularly a sort of wiser you and you've also talked about her perhaps having some inspiration coming from your grandmother. Yes,
1: yes. She was a suffragist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in 1913 and 14 in Britain. Yeah. And she'd studied theosophy, and she was basically an early hippie in some ways. Right. And when I knew her as, as an old woman, she was uh, reading poems and basically being uh, kind of uh, new agey with me as a child. And I loved her for that reason, because she made life much more interesting.
0: Mm. And what did it make sense to end the series of Tales of the City with, with Anna? She'd sort of been this character who'd been watching over. Yes, I thought so. She's the kind therapy.
1: of the beating heart of the yes. piece. And uh, it made total sense to me to end it with her. I've never really occupied her in a story. There's very few places in, mm. in Tales of the City where you actually see anything from her viewpoint. There's one or yes. two chapters in the early book where she's hearing someone ring the bell downstairs but you've never really known what's on her mind you see how she interacts with her with children with everyone else, yeah. yes
0: that's right, with her logical family as you yeah, call Yeah, so right. I thought it made like sense
1: that. to be inside her and uh, and see the world through her eyes at 92.
0: Yeah well absolutely as she is 92 there's actually a lot more flashbacks in this book which is something new where most yes. of them have been told in, in real time. Yes,
1: never done that before and it was a great relief for me, it was a lot of fun to Wander around in the 1930s when I never experienced that personally
0: yes you had to research that mm-hmm. period I'm mm-hmm. yeah and obviously a lot of the book this time is actually set away from the city is that does that reflect is that because you moved away or is this just I don't think so maybe parenting? maybe
1: subconsciously it did but it was because of the subject matter I wanted to go to winnemucca mm-hmm. for her past and then she had to return there in the present time to to solve a, a mystery yeah. Yeah. And I, I also wanted to include the Burning Man Festival, which is in yes. not far from Winnemucca mm. in northern Just about Nevada. miles, I think. I yeah, down a very bumpy dirt, <laughs> dirt road that you're not encouraged to ride on. So oh, okay. That naturally made me want to ride on it, at least in a fictional sense.
0: Yes, well, I was interested. I've, I've heard about Burning Man, and you've seen, in the last couple of years... And does Michael sort of see it very much through your eyes? Oh, yes. He's just as grumpy
1: as I was about it. (laughs) I mean, at the beginning he is hesitant to think someone his age going into this hot, dusty place with essentially a a younger crowd. That's not entirely true. There was a little bit of everything, I have to say, when I was there. And everyone feels welcome. If you're at Burning Man, you're at Burning Man and that's that.
0: Yes, anything goes. You, and you, you're not allowed any phones, mobile phones. And...
1: Well, you could have them, but they won't work. And if you right. use them, they'll be full of dust. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ruin them. People
1: just don't use them. And so
0: you just set up this whole community temporarily?
1: Over a week. Yeah. It's put up very quickly, and it exists for a week, and then it's completely torn down. There's nothing left, no trace left behind.
0: Mm. Well, let's talk a bit about when you first arrived in San Francisco. What were your feelings then about the city?
1: Well, it was just completely magical to me. I was still in the closet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sort of in the closet. <laughs> and, uh, and I found a city that was very welcoming. I mean, the straight people in San Francisco were more comfortable with my homosexuality than, than I was.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And that was very liberating. And it's a beautiful place. And in those days, you could get a little pent shack. That's what I called my little house on the roof. Yeah. For $175 a month And wow, okay. not own a car And walk around through yeah. all those little Leafy byways like Barbary Lane yes. And go down to North Beach Have a life in the cafes Down there It was pretty wonderful
0: Yes, and it has changed a great deal, though, hasn't it? You've been talking yes, about... Yes,
1: I mean, all that beauty remains, and yes. you can still have a cute little place on Russian Hill, but you're going to...
0: Pay a lot more. Paying a
1: lot more for well, it.
0: Well, yes, we've got the same situation in London, Yes, really.
1: yes, exactly.
0: And tell us a bit about coming out, because I actually was at an event where an actor did a really moving reading of the Dear Mama letter only the other night, and it sort of made me think about, really? uh Michael's letter and, and I believe that template has been used um, a great deal yes it,
1: it's been made into a, a, a big choral piece and uh, mm. Jake Shears of the Scissor I'm... Sisters made it into a, a very small one-man thing for the musical version of yes, Tales of the City
0: that's
1: right, yes. it's had a number of incarnations
0: although it's interesting I think I read in one of your interviews online that you thought young people were now sort of freed from the ritual of coming out and do you think uh, really you, <laughs> I think I read you say that somewhere <laughs> I thought that uh, was well, quite, I think quite a lot of them come
1: in, arrive in the world in, into a world that's easier for them. Of course, my uh, with I your
0: experience, a, you talk about it being a mental illness and a crime. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it was, mm. um, and so, you know, something you really had to be wary about. You know, I have a 19 year old nephew just turned 19 who came to my appearance at the British Library last night. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he's always been out. His parents, I mean, granted, his mother is Sarah Jane Morris, the, the singer oh, with, with wow, the communards. Oh, wow, the
0: communards. Don't leave me uh, Yeah, yes, yeah, way. she sang
1: Don't Leave Me This Way. And uh, he's a singer as well, and uh, both of his parents are really kind of sophisticated people. So I don't think there was ever a point where he had to hide that, mm. and that's wonderful. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that's true for a lot of young People, but it just depends on where you are and it, it what does. sort of family, what sort of awful family you, you grow up in. If you grow up in some fundamentalist environment, you're going to have to do it just the way we did it. You know? Yes,
0: but if you end up in Anna Madrigal's logical family, yes, you'll, you'll be <laughs> fine. Then you'll be fine. Well, let's let's talk a bit about um, Anna and how the trans community have responded to her, and also Jake, the younger mm. trans character. What was the response been? Because we, we really still don't see a lot of representation.
1: Um, uh, Anna has, you know, a number of trans people have told me that she was their first inspiration. Someone, mm. you know, a, an affectionate depiction of a trans character was a rare thing. You yes. know, you saw you saw Gore Vidal's Myra Breckenridge, but that was hardly affectionate. She was a kind of raving monster. <laughs> and to have, a, you know, a motherly figure that is trans was quite revolutionary at the time. It still is relatively revolutionary. Yes. I'm not sure there are many characters in literature that, no, I don't
0: think so.
1: that are that way. Jake was uh, grew out of an experience a friend of mine had where he was at a, a bear bar uh, oh, yes. in San Francisco. <laughs> and there was this cute little cub sitting at the counter at the bar who, who was flirting with him. And about halfway through the evening, my friend realized, um, I think someone told him it rather maliciously, this was a trans man, and my friend, who's a good good man, and found himself attracted to this person anyway, yes, went home with him, and, and said uh, so what, and said so what, yeah. And I, that fascinated me, and I, I invented Jake at that spot. Mm. The only the other people I heard from a lot of trans men who love the fact that that he was there. There are interestingly a lot of gay trans men in San Francisco, yeah. trans men who are attracted to men. Ah, okay, and so. The only complaint I had was that he had such a lousy love life that he was <laughs> he was kind of miserable. Yeah, which is what I did with Michael Tolliver in the beginning. In the
0: beginning, yes, yeah.
1: And uh, and it's a way of developing a sympathy for a character and to show we, the character exploring. You we've know. all
0: been through that. Yeah, we've we? all been really,
1: we've all been <laughs> oh, really break. bad at being queer in the early days. <laughs> you have to practice. <laughs> you have to
0: practice.
1: And uh, <laughs> and so uh, this time I fixed that. In the days of animagical, he's got a. Love life. Full, full, full-fledged, rip-snorting love life.
0: Rip-snorting, I love that word. Well, d- also, um, my lovely German producer, Sabina thought there were perhaps some parallels, not in the sense of being trans, but in the sense of being a very accepting and warm landlady with Christopher Isherwood's Fraulein Schroeder. Has anyone ever noticed that? That's
1: very well observed. It took a German to notice. I've often said it myself. Ah. But, um, yes, the, the, the whole apartment house set up. Yeah. Where there's Sally Bowles, you know, there's the straight woman who's friendly with the gay man and all of it. I think Cabaret had a big influence on Tales of the City when I was uh, constructing that household.
0: Fabulous. Well, tell us a bit about uh, your relationship with Issuewood and, and his partner, Don Bacardi, because I think you were in conversation just last month with Don yes, at an uh, yes. event at Santa Monica, which sounded really fun. I read that a funny story came up about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie <laughs> <laughs> sitting for Don, um, which is be yeah,
1: great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, been, they were great friends uh, as a couple, and then uh, after Chris died, I grew even closer to Don. Yes. He's. 10 years older than I am which means that he's he'll be 80 in Mm -hmm. in May Mm -hmm. and he's the dearest person I really care for him a great deal and um because he had a partner who was 30 years his senior his relationship with Chris has helped to illuminate mine with my Chris yes yes who's 28 years younger uh it um it's been really lovely we were when Don and I were on stage in uh, Santa Monica I asked him about something I knew something about what he'd been doing and he hadn't talked about it but I he had told me that he'd been asked by Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie to uh, if he would draw Angelina nude in all three trimesters of her pregnancy wow. <laughs> Brad thinks, you know, nothing, there's no more beautiful sight than the, a pregnant woman. That I tell you, you love. what, a
0: lot of lesbians would say that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I think Brad would make a hell of a good lesbian, actually. Oh, he's one
0: lesbian pole ones. Oh, has he? Yeah, person. Yeah, I know. Many lesbians <laughs> simply like him anyway. Yeah, both of them.
1: And he has that special appreciation of yeah. the pregnant woman's body. And so he asks Don, this gay man, to draw Angelina. And and I said, knowing what the situation was, I sort of set it up. And Don has this fussy voice that's just like Christopher Isherwood, yeah, yeah. Even though he's from California, but he he talks in this little, you know, this kind of little <laughs> voice like this. And yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, it was it was most it was frightfully difficult because uh, she was covered in tattoos and everything was tattooed, even the pubis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was something about the way he. <laughs> put it that way kind of of primly you know said it that was brought the house down at the library fantastic but and then of course uh, Angelina said what if Brad got got naked naked too (laughs) and Todd said oh that's an excellent idea Angelina wow (laughs) so but then he was complaining that uh, because uh, he said they were so affectionate with each other they were constantly
0: quite frisky getting
1: frisky and and he doesn't want you to move while he's drawing you (laughs) And I said, Don, really? The number of people that would love to see Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt getting frisky is yeah, he's
0: just
1: astronomical. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's been party to something there. Well, another person that you've been in conversation with um, here in London is Damien Barr, who you actually tweeted after you'd read his book. How did you come yes. across him?
1: Well, the Internet.
0: Yeah, it is you know, a wonderful thing.
1: It's an amazing thing. I realized, I was curious about what it was. Yes. And I think I read a review that said that he had mentioned buying tales of the city in as Brighton, a boy nothing. in Brighton yes, at the yes. virgin megastore yeah, yeah. and how he felt so guilty yes. leaving with the book and everybody's had that feeling yeah. at one point or another with a book you know whether <laughs> it was a, a lesbian of my generation getting the well of loneliness oh, and oh, <laughs> being afraid that it would incriminate her <laughs> or i remember doing the same thing with uh, one of the Henry Miller books in Paris in the 1960s. It wasn't even gay, but I, it was naughty, and so I had to read it. Mm. But Damien had done the same thing with Tales of the City, so I was able to go on Kindle. I'm not, I don't think it's available as a book in the States, but oh. I read it yeah. and was very charmed. Yeah. And then we were friends on Facebook, I think, and right. uh, he asked me to participate in his salon and we're doing it twice uh, yeah. uh, first at the british library uh, last night and the salon
0: and just tell us about quickly about some future plans that i read about that you may or may not be able to really announce anything official but <laughs> i read that the remaining tales of the city might be made into a tv oh drama.
1: i can't no i can't you don't I, know anything no and about. it wouldn't it would be a mistake to say the remaining
0: well, uh, there are rumors there were, of
1: the whole thing cranking up again. The whole
0: again. thing being remade.
1: Yes, but it's not. Uh, nothing's official. At no, all. no,
0: of course, no, no. But it's um, exciting if if that may. Yeah, happen. I would
1: love to. I would love to see it come back in any incarnation. And
0: um, Olympia Dukakis was interested. I had expressed some interest in pl- returning to the character. And
1: the Anna, and the, in the as the older as the Anna. older Anna in, yeah. in this. New she book. said. She said, "How old is she?" I can play she? ninety-two. She, yeah, <laughs> she said, "I can play 92.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Just very quickly, were, were the plans also to maybe do a one-man show one day? I saw mention of that. Yeah,
1: boy, you're way ahead of the game here. Oh, um,
0: well, it's Quentin crispy kind of thing. Yeah, I would
1: show. love to do a one-man show.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I'm just enough of a ham to enjoy that, and uh, and I'd I'd like to sort of um, formalize my stories.
0: Brilliant. Well, we've got to let you go because you've got a very busy promo schedule. But thank you so much for joining us. It's been a Mr. pleasure. Thank, thank you.
1: you.